0: Alright, I'll be honest with you. Not that I'm never not honest with you, but I'll be honest with you. When I saw the second reading for today, I knew in my gut that I needed to preach about poverty. But I really struggle with the idea of poverty. It is frustrating and maddening, and I am always unsure what to do about it. Still, my job as a preacher is not to have everything figured out, but to turn the minds and hearts of the community toward the Lord. And today I think the Lord wants us to talk about poverty. It seems to me that poverty comes from two distinct sources, disadvantage and disease. Poverty of disadvantage blends into society and hides in the background. It looks like being an immigrant or an agricultural worker, like being undocumented, like lacking a college or even a high school degree. People in these categories systematically make less money per hour than their peers, meaning that they have to work more and sacrifice more to pay the rent, put gas in their cars, or put food on the table. They may live in smaller homes with more people, or drive older, less reliable cars. The comforts that many of us take for granted may be out of their reach. Poverty of disadvantage often becomes generational. Parents who struggle to read do not teach their children to read. Children in struggling households may have to help with more chores, or these children may have to get a job at an earlier age, giving them fewer opportunities for education and enrichment. At its worst, the desperation of poverty can lead children to gangs and violence, which will destroy their futures, causing the cycle to begin again. However, as difficult as this type of poverty is, it is something that we know how to address. Families that live on the edge, who are food or housing insecure, often just need a little bit of help to make it through the harder times. Services like food banks or rent assistance allow these families to remain stable and get back on their feet. For children who are raised in this type of poverty, the accessibility of education is essential to ensuring that they can overcome the speed bumps that poverty has placed in their way. Unfortunately, the second source of poverty, disease, is much harder to address. There are specifically two types of diseases that often put one at risk of extreme poverty. Drug addiction and mental illness. When someone is living high-to-high and fix-to-fix, or when one has become disconnected from reality due to paranoia or schizophrenia, it is impossible to hold a job or live in society for any length of time. These things make a person non-functional. Sometimes these problems start with normal poverty, with the poverty of disadvantage. Living bill-to-bill or paycheck-to-paycheck can be a joyless, unhappy experience. And people in these situations might turn to alcohol and then to drugs to numb the sadness or the frustration. And mental illness is hard to address adequately when one is poor. The lack of health insurance, or at least health insurance that covers therapy, is problem enough. But mental illness sometimes comes on rapidly. And without a strong family or support network that can take care of a person when they have a mental break, that person could lose their job, house, and possessions in the blink of an eye. But regardless of how these diseases were able to develop, we have all seen the effects. People on the streets, living the most desperate lives imaginable, sleeping in doorways, begging for money. But if the problem is drugs or mental illness, no amount of money and no amount of food assistance can help. That person needs behavioral health care. They need a doctor and a social worker. And society at the moment is unsure if we can or should force them to get the real help that they need. And this is what is so maddening about the poverty of disease. We can create parish ministries to help people struggling with food or rent or utilities or education. But we are relatively powerless to help the really desperate cases because we do not have the resources or the expertise to make any kind of difference. So, what does any of this have to do with Jesus Christ? Despite what popular culture might lead us to believe, Jesus did not come to end poverty and to heal every disease. He is God. He could have healed every disease in the world with a snap of his fingers. No, Jesus came to bring salvation. And as his disciples, our primary mission must also be salvation, not social work. However... The two are not disconnected. Salvation comes about through unity with God. And the more united we become to God, the more we are filled with the love of God. And the more we are filled with the love of God, the more we love the things that God loves. And God, without question, loves the poor. God loves the poor because they suffer. A parent loves all of their children, but they give special attention to the ones who are suffering in any way. In brief, if we care for the poor without first loving God, we are engaging in social work, not salvation. But our salvation is sterile if it does not compel us to love the suffering in our midst. So what are we supposed to do with all of this? First, We do exactly what St. James tells us. We do not make distinctions in our community based on wealth. The poor and the comfortable have an equal right to the worship of Almighty God, to the sacraments, and to pastoral care. As a priest, for example, it is incredibly important that I be just as excited about a family dinner on Samish Island as I am about a family dinner in a small apartment off College Way. And I am. And as a parish, we have to continually examine ourselves to make sure, for example, that faith formation fees are not preventing reception of the sacraments, or that we do not put more resources into some masses over others based on how large each mass's collection is. A significant reason the Christian faith spread so quickly in the Roman Empire is because Christians treated slaves and freedmen as equals in their churches. Imagine the evangelical value if we too showed ourselves blind to the inequalities promoted by the world. Second, we help where we can, where we know that we can make a difference. Our parishes already have incredible food banks with very dedicated volunteers. However, there may be other ministries we want to explore or expand. Our rent and utility assistance services, for example, may need more support so that we can have the freedom to step in when a known and involved member of our community is struggling and reaches out for help. Third, as Christians, we should work with local government to try to address the problems that our parish community cannot face on our own. We really do need the government to address problems with mental health and drug addiction. Even as a strong fiscal conservative, I recognize that this is a legitimate and very necessary government expenditure. In addition to governmental intervention, there are also Catholic organizations that seek to address the larger problems that are too big for parishes. Catholic Community Services of Western Washington, for example, does an incredible job of serving the poor in your name, and I always recommend donations to them. Also, next weekend, we will take up a second collection for the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, a ministry of the United States bishops that seeks to break the cycle of poverty. Finally, we should pray that God would reveal to us and to our parish the desires of his heart. Like I said, God loves the poor, and he desires that their suffering should be alleviated as part of our experience of salvation. We should continually ask him what role we as individuals and we as a parish can play in his desire to love the poor. I say this specifically because I am overwhelmed by the idea of poverty and constantly feel at a loss for what to do. But if we intentionally include the poor in our prayers, God will reveal his heart to us. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Skagit County is not an especially affluent area. Many of us, many of our parishioners, are affected by poverty. Nevertheless, we have still managed to build thriving parishes where everyone from the farm worker to the business owner is welcomed as a brother. This is exactly what the Christian community ought to be. Praise God that we have already tried to act according to the heart of the Lord, and may we continue to do so more and more every day.